Welcome to Leo Roundtable. My name is Chip DeBlock. I'm your host. Hey, I'm going to introduce the uh, the crew to you. If you guys don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, and we have a retired attorney, former federal prosecutor Ward Mythaler, all the way from Costa Rica this evening, and I believe we have also all retired. Uh, we have Major Ronald McMullen, Captain Brett Bartlett, Corporal David D. Gresta, and producer Will Stancer. So thanks, guys. Hey, a little shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we have Extra Duty Solutions, GunLearn.com, Verdian Weapon Technologies, and Guardian Alliance Technologies. And we are also powered by Pexip, so we really appreciate everyone involved. So uh, guys, we have a pretty good lineup for you, and of course, you know, we're doing a, our, our live cast through Vimeo, which is also streaming to YouTube and also to Facebook. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and preface this with uh, the word parody. So um, for those of you who know what that entails, please keep that in mind as we do this for you. Uh, but, hey, we've been asked to do a recruiting gig for Seattle, Portland, and San Francisco. So, you know, they're looking for a few, a few good martyrs for law enforcement. We all know that if you're born white, you're automatically inherently racist. And especially if you're a Leo, a law enforcement officer, that makes you automatically part of the systemic racism problem that exists in law enforcement. So um, I wanted to make sure that, you know, we get that point across. You know, they are looking uh, for some martyrs. You know, we've had a good run of it, guys. It's only a matter of time before this was going to happen. So, yes, uh, these communities are looking for a few good martyrs, guides in law enforcement that are willing to pay the ultimate price in this profession uh, because, frankly, they feel that it's, it's, it's due them. So comments on this, anybody? Comments from Ron or anybody else? Uh, I need to go after them. Ah, well. Okay, I'll start with, with a short one. I'm gonna break the, uh, I'm gonna break out of the mold for a sec. Not that I do that very often. Um, Instead of the, the, the Northwest Coast, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drag Chicago into it. They, I got a call from uh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice to, um, to help her out with her recruitment thing. And uh, she wanted me to know that, you know, since they're canceling foot pursuits there in Chicago, that, uh, that not only will you not have to chase bad guys, since you can't use deadly force against any of them anymore either, and you pretty much have to leave almost half the city alone to fight it out amongst themselves on the south side uh, where the crime rate and the murder rate and the shooting rate is is off the charts um, you don't have to chase anybody hence they're gonna, I think they're also going to do away with the uh, any sort of physical fitness requirements uh, so you'll have a car you may or may not have any equipment but you can just basically just find some place nice to sit and, uh, and and kick back for the day I uh, hope you get your paycheck if the if the city doesn't go doesn't go bankrupt. But in the end, all you have to do if you ever have a question is simply sit in your car, look in the mirror, and say three times, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> the mayor will show up and she will answer any question that you have before you take any action as a uh, pseudo police officer in the city of Chicago. So they're looking for you to come there to work. It'll be an easy gig because you really won't have to do anything. Wow. Wow. I, that was that was great. Captain Bartlett. Well, I also heard about Chicago. They're they're able now with this with all the new uh uh programless things, they're able to sell off their police car fleet. What they're gonna do, they're gonna have roll call. Everybody's gonna be sitting in the chair 
with a little miniature steering wheel and, and they're gonna have a radio. Now what's gonna happen is dispatch is gonna come on and assign it to an officer. The officer is gonna take it, but the lieutenant at the front of the room is gonna cancel the call. And so there won't be any, there won't be any uh, uh, carbon footprint by the police cars, no foot chases, no arrest. Hell, people are getting, they're dropping like, like flies in Chicago anyway. What's it gonna matter? So it's gonna be really nice. So be a cop in Chicago. All you need to learn how to do is dress in uniform and sit at a desk. All right. Well, we've heard from a lot of you guys. Anybody else? Major Ron, are you up? Well, hold, hold, hold on, guys. Just a second. Yeah, this is Chip, host of Yep, Leo Round. Yep, Leo Round. What? Seattle. Just a second, guys. Uh huh. Antifa and, and Black Lives Matter. You guys are together on this, huh? So you, let me get this straight. So you're telling me that there's not a high enough population of law enforcement officers in the prison system, and you want us to get a hold of the Ninth Circuit in order to do something about that, change some laws, we'll get more crops, cops incriminated, jail sentences, and even out the ratio a little bit. Let's see what we can do. I'm going to run it by the panel. All right. Thank you. All right, guys, you heard that. You heard that here, I guess. What do you guys think? Is there anything we can do about that? Major on. Well, you know, <clears throat> Dave just said you don't have to get in shape. And uh, I think I could walk right in there <laughs> and don't have no nutter butter peanut butters. I could walk right in there and I could be the chief, right? You know, so, so what's the problem? You know, what is the problem? Can someone explain to me what the problem is? Do you have LeBron? Do you have LeBron James' phone number? Oh yeah, I'll go to a couple games. <laughs> we'll we'll hook up and stuff. You know, come on, there won't be an issue. As long as you come got on, that, it, you got your you got your second in command already. It, it, it can't be that bad, right? I mean, I mean, if everyone just says they love you and you just say thoughts and prayers, everything's gonna go away. Crime will go down. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. I don't, don't see forget, the problem. And don't forget this line. We're, we're reinventing police work. We're making new connections with the community and so forth and so on. We want to heal the sins of the past. We want your input. I'm sorry, I'm about to throw up. Can I just stop right where I'm at? <laughs> Ron, I got, a, I got a question, Ron. Do you want it? Would you like an Oreo? Uh, what you trying to say? Was that... Was that a woke statement? <laughs> Are you trying to say something? He's trying to I mean, be my dog. Everybody, everybody on the panel was supposed to have a bag of Oreos and eating them while you were talking, Ron. This is what we've been planning. <laughs> Notice how we left Chip hanging on that one, Ron. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks, my brothers. I appreciate you all. I'll hire, I'll hire you, Dave. Chip, you're out of there. <laughs> even even producer will bailed on me obviously he doesn't have the bag of oreos we've been playing this for three weeks and and for our radio listeners and people that are just not in the know the black community considers officers black officers that become police officers oreos because they're black on the outside and white on the inside so it's uh it's mm -hmm. a it's a I, I thought I didn't know what Ron's reaction would be, frankly. So, but I've been so excited about doing this. And Ron, you let me down. You're not dancing around, getting well, animated. Well, I don't want to get out here and clown because I know I was on the radio, and I don't want to be, you know. I'll let, I'll let Antifa see their say. Yeah. 
Well, Chip, if that's the chocolate Oreo, I like the vanilla ones, which are yellow. Where are we going to go with that? Where are we going with that? All right, good, good point. Well, look, I, I, there's interference. I think that uh, over in uh, in Ward's neck of the woods, there may be some uh, some foreign government that's taken over something. I don't know. Go, Ward, go. I'm back, Chip. Uh, lost electricity for a second. Uh, <laughs> this, this is a, this, this is an Antifa public service announcement. I am required to uh, give a warning especially to Trumpers who wanted, wanted to buy tinfoil line Trump caps from us the last time we had a, uh, a uh, announcement from the Antifa. Also, especially anti-vaxxers and supporters and followers was Marjorie Taylor Greene. Pay special attention. What I am saying and what I'm about to say is satire. That means that what I have to say, some is not true, some is grossly exaggerated, all for the purpose of poking fun at stupidity. Now, I want to I, I wanna echo David's comments that there are employment opportunities at this point, especially for Antifa members. As he pointed out, they have reduced the uh, uh, physical, evalu physical fitness requirements. They have dumbed down the psych requirements as well as the um, IQ and literacy requirements. California has virtually stopped any literacy requirements since it is the most illiterate state in the union, which is why, as, as we learned last week, cops find it to be the best state to work in. Um, <laughs> this is all great for Antifa. It makes it easier to get a job. Unfortunately, those of our members who are sovereign citizens, you still don't have a chance. Let me point out to you that police officers get high pay. Uh, last week, we saw two Washington officers charged with murder were only 35 and 38 years old, making 116 and $124,000. Great pension benefits. Um, Scott Peterson, the uh, guy charged with uh, felony neglect at the uh, Stoneman Douglas shootings, um, is only 56 years old, and he's entitled to $104,000 in pension for doing nothing, not that he was doing anything before this. And Derek Chauvin, in just a few years, while he's in jail, will collect $50,000 in pension payments. Um, uh, in addition, if you work in St. Pete, you can put in for a fake OT and get paid. Uh, as we will see in a story later on, uh, if you, ha you have access to the license uh, database and you can sell that information for up to $5,000. And Antifa babes, if there are any, if you learn to shoot really well, you can make money as a social influencer uh, and even have your own uh, challenge coins. You can get special classes at the police department, including tac tactical yoga. We, we, saw, we saw last week in uh, Houston, they even have a tactical sex at that, at that law enforcement agency. And the great thing is, as David just pointed out, well, you do not gotta, have to. We got it, Ward, if you can hold that for a second, we gotta take a commercial break. Yes, it's time, we'll be right back.
right, guys, look, we're just going to take 60 seconds real quick and then we'll get back to it. But, hey, wanted to talk to you guys about some exciting stuff that we have coming up with Galls. So you're going to see some stuff going on in July uh, from Galls involving uh, the panel. And Galls, we'll be talking about them a lot and about a lot of things that they're doing. And uh, if you guys haven't seen any of our interviews uh, with Galls over the last couple months, you guys have missed it. They have a new CEO. It's a new Galls. And uh, Mike Batten's the new CEO. And they got a lot of really great things going on. They are, of course, huge in the law enforcement community because really everything involved, except for guns and ammunition, you can pretty much get through Galls. And I've been uh, actually working with Galls when I had my former you know, law enforcement website that I had and just a, a, a great company. So anyhow, here are some more stuff coming up starting in July. So anticipate that. And without any further ado, we're going to jump back to uh, Ward Mythaler and the parody. All right, parody man, go ahead. As uh, David just pointed out, the great thing now is you don't have to enforce the law, at least against people of color. You can, however, aggressively enforce the law against people of no color, especially demonstrators in silly red baseball caps, as well as uh, uh, people of no color who think they have the right to defend their property with firearms. If you get into trouble, no problem. The police union will get you out. Just a week or two ago, uh, the police officer charged with uh, murder in Atlanta was, was put back on duty. Uh, because of some minor technical detail. Uh, and you don't have to worry even about criminal prosecutions, at least if your conduct is against people of no color. No less of an authority than Ray Dietrich, uh, who's a proud patriot and a co-founder of Red Voice Media, said in an article last week that we didn't get to, that it's no secret that the criminal justice system uh, is being intentionally dismantled uh, by leftists masquerading as prosecutors. Consequently, it is clear that you don't have to worry about prosecution. Uh, in a, consequently, I urge you, my members, fellow members of Adifa, to join the thin blue line and try to make it even thinner. I would like to conclude with a few personal remarks. And to do that, uh, I would ask that uh, Ron McMullen, I'd like to see his I'd like for him to turn on his mic and bring up a picture of him. I want the audience to particularly focus on the pennant over his right shoulder. So look to the left. It's a small brown pennant that says brown. Uh, Major Ryan, can you say a few words? <coughs> now, you mean about my pennant, sir? No, that's uh, that's good enough. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna discuss that in a about second. About my this liberal school enough. that I went to, that I struggled coming from Compton, that I was able to go to. <laughs> you know, is that, that what you're talking about, sir? Th thank thank you very much, Major Rod. Appreciate it. <laughs> now let me uh, let me continue. If you can bring up my picture, Chip, can you bring up? Uh... We're looking at we're looking at your ward. So okay. Your picture. All right, now, as you all have just noticed, there is a sign, a triangular-shaped sign that's brown in color, pointing directly at Major Ron, and it's, it even says brown. Consequently, we know that he identifies as a person of color. Now, <laughs> Major Ron, I want you to know, I want you to know that I also identify as a person of color. 
My DNA from 23andMe reflects that some of my DNA is from Nigeria. Now, as a person of color, I want to express solidarity with you and condemn in the strongest possible terms the hurtful, hateful, racial stereotyping that we just saw with Oreo cookies. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. See, I knew there was a reason we had a connection. And while we're so close, I got you. I feel you. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, that's wonderful, Major Rod. In fact, to show, to signal my virtue even further, and to show that I have no prejudice whatsoever, if you come to Costa Rica, I would like to invite you to my cabina, where I, have, where I am pre going to prepare for you a special Costa Rican treat. It is called La Flor de la Frutas, the flower of the fruits. And I have some here to show you. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know where that was going. <laughs> Sandia. Uh, watermelon. Oh, watermelon. Sandia is watermelon. <laughs> we could. You, All right, my need, brother. Yeah, you need to say something worth blow that picture up. But yeah, that was great. <laughs> hey, just I just want everyone to know, chip is clearly not chocolate chip. So, man, you're through, bro. <laughs> Me and Ward are down like four flats in a spare. He understands, you know, where I come from, what I've been through. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a poor young brother in this land of milk and honey, trying to make ends meet. Everybody knows that. Okay. God, I gotta hold on. I got I gotta get my feet up 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 off the floor. It's getting kind of deep. God. Of course, you know the the whole purpose of this, and I, I cap. I see Captain Barlett's thumb pushing the man down, putting putting the man down. <laughs> The absurdity in, 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 in what we're talking about, saying that people are, you know, born white and they're automatically racist, and then, of course, the kind of racism in law enforcement. So uh, uh, we, we got some open mics, though. Uh, Captain and Major, we've got around two and a half minutes left on this segment. I want to apologize for the entire world on how I was born. I am ashamed of it. Can I write somebody a check? Rep I, think Dave, I think Corporal Dave will take that reparation check. Yeah, I, I think I'd you like can that. write me a check. Uh, I'll tell <laughs> I'll you like I tell producer Will. It should be titled Shay Ronnie and just send it to me. You got the address. Thank you. All right. And hey, it's a it's a it's a call from Antifa and, and BLM asking for more cops to be in jail. Is that really too far out of reach, out of out of possibility? I, I, I don't know. I'm not thinking that it is in, in today's in the day's world in in the climate. All right, guys. Well look, uh Excellent contributions, especially from Ward. Wow, wow! I, you know, and Ward when when he disappeared and he wanted to show Ron what he was going to give him when he showed up, man. I I tell you, I was getting a little nervous. I I think I, I told Will to be ready with the button, uh, Ward, just in case we had to break the connection. So, I got nervous when he stood up. I was like, Oh Lord, he's going to show his flower. <laughs> God, God knows that we would save Ron for that during half the shows that we do. So you never know. So. All right. Well, look, uh, moving along here, we've got uh, less than a minute before we take another commercial break. Uh, so let me get into the next one here. Uh, we are on redvoicemedia.com, Thin Blue Line TV, CBS Minnesota. And this is actually from Ward Mythaler. Dante Wright named in a lawsuit, allegedly shot teen in the head in 2019. We did not have time to cover this uh, last week. 
Uh, but it's talking about Dante Wright's estate is being sued by a mother who alleges that Wright shot her teenage son in the head back in 2019. And it goes on to say that Wright was recently shot and killed by Brooklyn uh, Center police officer, uh, one who accidentally mistook her gun for a taser. And so uh, for those of you that were unaware of that connection, we're going to get back into the second. We're going to take another commercial break. We'll be right back. So, hey, I want to take a moment and talk to you guys about our friends at Extra Duty Solutions. Inefficiencies, they can negatively affect your staff's production and morale as well as your agency's reputation. With proper oversight, however, your agency's Extra Duty Off-Duty Employment Program, it can be profitable. While you still control the program, Extra Duty Solutions administers it at no cost to your agency, and they also take on all the administrative burden and the financial risk. They keep the program fair and transparent. The officers that are most eligible to work the assignments, they get priority, and they paid out over $50 million in extra duty work over the past 12 months. You can visit them today at extradutysolutions.com. Also, the Viridian Fact Duty weapon-mounted camera it has become the only gun camera in wide use by law enforcement across the country. It fits standard police duty weapons and holsters, and it records automatically as soon as the officer's gun is pulled from the holster. And it also provides an unobstructed view of critical use of force events from the end of the firearm, which overcomes inherent issues with body cams. The Fact Duty, that's the FACT Duty, it has a 1080p full high-definition digital camera, has a microphone, a 500-lumen tactical light. It is also less expensive in data management costs than other evidentiary camera system i encourage you to visit them today and it really is cool the fact duty go to gun-camera.com Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. And, you know, talking about the fact duty, uh, you know, I'm trying to get more video from them because there's we're getting more videos of these cameras at the end of the firearm instead of, you know, the officer's limbs and stuff being in the way of the action. Uh, but this lawsuit that we're talking about involving uh, Dante Wright's estate um, is filed earlier in the month by Jennifer LeMay, alleging that Wright shot her son, Caleb Livingston, in the head. And Livingston sustained serious injuries to the point to where he's alive, uh, but he has no function. And at the time of Wright's death, he had previously been arrested several times in 2019, and he also had a warrant out for his arrest for failure to appear in court for weapons and also fleeing charges. So uh, that's what we have uh, for that update. I don't know if uh, Ward wanted to add anything on that or not, or if anyone else did. Um, but Attorney Ward, the floor is yours. Well, I actually had to laugh when I read the article. It's the irony of ironies. Um, I don't know how strong the evidence is. It looks like they filed this at the last minute because of the statute of limitations. So it's unclear whether how, how strong the evidence is, uh, if any. They know they're testing a firearm. They found um, what, one, of, one of Mr. Wright's firearms. But normally you wouldn't sue um, uh, someone like Dante Wright getting any money. But now his estate has a very significant asset, and that's what's going to be a case against the city. And it's a good case. So... Uh, what, what the, the victim's estate, the victim, the alleged victim of, of Mr. Wright, uh, will be a sizable chunk of change to go after. It's also, it's also amazing. I mean, if, if this is true, and, and I'm not saying it is, I haven't seen any real evidence yet. Um, it's another example of how a thug is being turned into a martyr. Not the first time, you're right. All right, uh, Major Ron and uh, Captain Brett, go ahead, guys. You know, I was going to say um, earlier that uh, 
this is going to set precedent, you know? It, it's going to, it's funny, all these guys that are getting these big, huge settlements now, all their, all their chickens, so to speak, are going to be coming home to roost. Everything you've done in your past, every, every, everyone you've wronged are now going to file suit against uh, your estates or your families. And so all these, you know, so I just, this is just the first, just, I think this is a drop in the bucket. I think everyone's going to go back and start doing this before the statute of limitations is over. And I'm here for it. You know, damn it. You did it. Pay for it. I hear you. Good job, Captain. All right, guys. Well, look, our next story we've got, uh, we're on YouTube and it's on a uh, YouTube called police overwatch and also jacksonville.com. So we have an officer shoots a knife wielding man on Saturday. Now, uh, Dave and I were talking before the break and uh, or actually before we actually started the show about an officer that had a taser in his left hand and a firearm in his right hand uh, during the shooting. And the bad guy also had a blue T-shirt that he was using to deflect the taser probe. So interesting video uh, for the people that are listening to our show on the radio and you're thinking, man, how can I watch this? All you have to do is go to our Facebook page, look up Leo Roundtable, and I upload links to all these videos, all the topics, you know, in advance before Monday show or producer Will will embed those in our shows Tuesday through Saturday. So anything we talk about, you'll be able to look at the pictures of the people we're talking about and watch the videos. So on this one, Jacksonville police officer shoots and wounds a man that's armed with a large butcher knife who a witness said minutes earlier on Saturday morning had threatened to rob and stab somebody because he needed the money. So the guy's name is John Ritter. So, you know, when he's running from the cops, I'm thinking about, of course, the actor John Ritter that died a while back. But John Robert Ritter Jr., 39 years old, he was hospitalized in stable condition following the shooting. Uh, now, Officer Tim Davis, he's an 11-year veteran of the sheriff's office. He was not injured. Now, the shooting happened after uh, Davis, who's our officer, repeatedly ordered Ritter to drop the knife. But Ritter refuses, of course, to drop it. So the officer attempted to use the taser, was not successful. I mentioned earlier that Ritter was taking a you know, blue T-shirt and kind of blocking the taser probes. And, you know, what they're really not saying in the article, which I'm telling you guys, is that, yeah, the officer draws down on the bad guy who has a knife originally with his firearm in his right hand, but then he pulls out the taser at the same time. I don't want to, you know, spoil it. I, I'm, I'm hoping to hear, you know, Brett or, or David talk about that and, and what are the ill effects of doing that. Uh, but anyhow, taser was not successful. Cop finally fires a single shot, which uh, hits Ritter. And uh, we know what Captain Bartlett thinks about doing single shots. Now, the shooting happened after officers responded to what they believed at the time was the, an armed burglary. Officers, when they did arrive, they learned there was actually an attempted armed robbery with the butcher knife. And uh, they were talking about as the officers approached, Ritter was holding that large butcher knife in his hand, and then he fled on foot. They gave chase, and when they got close to him, that's when he stopped. And, uh, you know, he turned around towards the officer, didn't follow commands, he ended up getting shot. So that's the way that went down. Captain Bartlett, love to get your input on this. Well, first, Chip, you should never have your taser in one hand and your gun in the other, because you, when you pull the trigger on one, you're likely to, you're very likely to pull the trigger on the other. Uh, and, and if you're only allowed to shoot the taser, and if you shoot the pistol, and if they're both aimed at the bad guy, now you've killed the guy with the pistol, that just opens up all kinds of, all kinds of issues, okay? Now, what'll happen here is the young man will sue the police department and get a lot of money. And then this guy, this knife-carrying guy, because a couple months ago, he, he robbed somebody, some other bad guy. They're going to sue him. And then that guy found that he's a victim of that guy. So they're going to, so at some point, that whole bad guy part of town is going to get a buck apiece for all these losses. It's going to be watered down and, look, here's a dollar, walk away. 
But I like that from the story before. That's what I was going to comment on was where, where does that lawsuit stop? Now, this guy may get some money from the city. He's got a pot of money. He's a bad guy. He hurt somebody before. And now that family is going to sue that guy. It's, it, I'd love to see this happen. Thanks, Captain. And thanks for explaining the inherent danger of doing that. Because I, I, you know, well, look, I mean, citizens obviously don't get it. But I was so surprised to see a cop do that because you would think that, I mean, maybe you're only as good as your training, but there were some issues going on there. Uh, maybe Corporal uh, D. Resta can address it. Well, no, Brett, Brett covered it pretty succinctly. There's not really a lot more to say about that act. I mean, the, the cop was doing everything pretty right. I mean, he had his distance good. It was He was close, but not too close. Uh, he was given commands. He was, you know, staying with the guy. He wasn't going to let him just get a, get into the woods. So everything was going well right up in, until he, for some odd reason, decided to pull his taser out in, in, in obviously a, a lethal force situation when the guy is armed with a knife. A, a knife is a deadly weapon. Why are you engaging with a taser at all? Even if it is, as, as Brett said, a very bad thing to have one in each hand. Uh, the, the, the response to that your taser in your weak hand and your gun in your strong hand, you start activating your weak hand and your, your strong hand gonna, is going to start following you. So, yes, that was bad. Everything else was fine. But, again, that, that same question that we've seen so many times and asked, why are you bringing a, a less than lethal to a obviously lethal situation? That, I, I, I'm curious to, as to what his thought process was. He had his firearm in his hand. He was in the right mode. Then all of a sudden he backtracked, he came back down from lethal to less lethal. The guy was still longer <clears> with the knife. I, again, odd. I don't know what his, what his thinking was there. All right, Brett and Ron, and we got a minute and 55 seconds, guys. Well, if, if okay, there's another officer, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Ron, please. No, 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 finish, go. Well, if there's another officer there, the guy with the gun could go, hey, you try the taser on him, because the worst that will happen is the guy will run and you shoot him, okay? But if you're in a nice situation, there is no other weapon. It, it's it's just silly. But again, maybe training. Who knew what the guy was saying? I'd love to talk to him one day and find where his head was. Maybe he doesn't even remember pulling that taser because that can happen as well. Go ahead, Ron. I'm sorry. You know, when I was first looking at the video, when I first looked at the video, I was like, damn. I was like, damn, give this man some room, bro. You know, it looked like maybe someone else had their taser up there and the cam the camera caught both, uh -huh. of, both of them. And I was thinking like, damn, you know, give this man some room. You know, he has to get target acquisition. He has to breathe. And then I'm like, damn, that's him. And it made no sense. Just like Dave said, it's like you already have your gun out. Um, and then now you're going to get your taser. Now what are you going to, you know, what are you going to do? Yosemite Sam? I mean, it was ridiculous. And then when you finally have to take the shot, you you shoot once. Okay, you, you know, I don't know any anyone that trains anymore to shoot one time unless you're a sniper and you're hitting one time. As a matter of fact, all the SWAT team members, we you, you double tap to the body, single tap to the head. But this guy just boom, one time. And, and, and the guy was such a little kitten, if you know what I'm saying. He, uh, he went down and, uh, you know, and all that flopping around like he plays soccer and garbage. But um, <clears throat> you're training double tap. Why didn't you do that too? And then the other police officers get there and apparently they didn't communicate that he'd been shot and it was a police shooting because no one knew he was shot and then did they search him did they you know i couldn't tell what they were doing and it didn't appear that they searched him looking for other weapons but at least they cuffed him but all right look thank you major another commercial break guys we're going to be right back
right? So, hey, when I talk to you guys about industry leader and technology solutions for law enforcement, it's Guardian Alliance Technologies. Now, their software will cut background investigators' time in half. Now, we all know that there's a call for more accountability in hiring and in selecting who gets to wear the badge. Guardian has developed a CGIS-compliant background investigative software platform that helps weed out problematic applicants in record time. Now, with Guardian, the entire background check process, it's more comprehensive, but it's also much faster for both the agency and the applicants. There's no upfront fees or long-term commitments, so I strongly recommend that you visit them today at guardianalliancetechnologies.com. Also, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and the only company that offers a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. They provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leos need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. You can start today with online training or register to attend a live seminar. You can also get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. Come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Uh, is there anybody else on the on the last one? I don't know if the major got everything out that he wanted to, but assuming that he did, we can move on to the uh, next video. But go ahead, Major. No, I was going to say I was good. I, I ended on the note that the officer went home safely, so we're good. And, and that's the bottom line. That's the most important thing. So you're right. Now jumping back on uh, on redvoicemedia.com and also thin blue line tv we're for a we're talking about another video here now it's a graphic body cams is what it's titled as armed suspect fires at houston officers gets fatally shot in return and uh you know i also noted that in the video the chief kept saying you know talking about releasing the video he said it was more of something that they wanted the citizens to watch it and, and determine whether it's a good or a bad shoot but he said if the officer's wrong he's wrong if the citizen's wrong the citizen's you know definitely going to be wrong but while they're still letting citizens decide uh the pd is calling it like they see it um citizens need guidance in my opinion in order to make determinations of whether or not it's a good or bad shoot i mean uh look at look at the videos that brett and i put together at leoroundtable.com we've got I, I think what brett 11 videos under our belt there the deadly force scenario training videos and guys get it wrong all the time when they watch those so on houston or in houston texas the houston police department in this particular case released body cam footage of a deadly shooting that happened outside of a gas station back on may the 21st officers pulled a couple over for speeding and the couple claimed that they were fleeing because the vehicle was shooting at another car and they were in fear for their lives. So while the officers were talking to the couple, Sacone Galate waited at a shell gas station across the street. And then our bad guy eventually starts crossing the street and approaching the officer. So he leaves the gas station. So officers ask him if he knew the couple and they exchange some words. Then Galat or Galate, he keeps repeating, just shoot me. And when he was asked uh, why, you know, he was asked why they want, why he was saying that, uh, he ends up pulling a gun out of his pocket, refused to drop it because they're giving him commands to drop it. And then he ends up firing at the officers. Officers return fire, they strike him. He goes to a hospital where he's pronounced dead. So that's the way that ends. And uh, I will add the cops went home. 
which is ultimately what we want. But Corporal David, what do you think? You know, this is a fascinating video for a couple of different reasons. Um, the sergeant that first season walking across the street, I don't think he knew that he was involved in the scenario, perhaps, but he could tell there was something there was something with the guy, something wrong. And he went to meet the threat. Uh, he didn't wait on the guy to come to him. He went to, to cut him off before he got too close to the scene they were working. Uh, you heard the other cops kind of going, oh, no, no, what does this guy want? That the sergeant, he gets that hinked up feeling that you should get if you, if you have your, your brain on. And he's already uh, handling his firearm in the holster. He's already got his hand on the, on the, on the butt of his own pistol, knowing that this, something's wrong with this guy. He's got his hands in his pocket, your hand out of your pocket. No, he won't, so on and so forth. And the guy pulls out the gun. The other cops are engaged. He's got the gun down at his side. And this is one of those videos that we talk about or used as should have used as an example all these times before when all these people say, oh, you, they, you shot him too soon. He wasn't pointing the gun at you. You saw how fast he was able to bring that gun up and get a shot off in the direction of the officers that were standing there. He didn't hit anybody, thankfully, but how fast he did before they could respond with their guns already out and pointed at him. He was able to bring that gun up, get a shot off before they could put shots on target. That's the other part of the video that, that should be a lesson, as you say, to educate the public, which these days, a lot of the public needs a lot of education. Uh, but overall, then you saw two different types of officers in that, on that scene. You saw the officers that stayed in the pocket that we talked about. They had made their stand. They were in position, and they were going to stay there in the pocket and, and do their job. But you saw the one officer ran, ran and dove for cover and then came back out after the shooting was over. And so you see the two, the two types of officers. I'm not criticizing. I'm just pointing out the overwhelming, uh, that overwhelming fight-or-flight response that human beings have. And if you're not prepared for a scenario that your mind and body can take over and cause you to do things that you wouldn't necessarily think that you would do, it's one of those things where you really don't know how you're going to respond in a situation until you're in one. And then you teach yourself or you learn or you have to mentally prepare beforehand so that you don't act in those types of ways or those things don't happen. So in a lot of ways, a very interesting video. Um, I'm glad the officers, you know, everybody went home. But how fast that guy was able to bring that gun up and get a shot off before those officers were able to respond with their guns out, pointing their guns at him. You know, David, you bring up a good point. I know Major Ron's getting ready to go, but we don't have a, there's not a lot of videos like this. I mean, you can set up training scenarios. Brett and I can do videos and stuff with all you guys, and we can, we can have Ward try to arguably shoot you before you can shoot him and stuff like we, like we did in some scenarios. But, you know, this was a great video. I mean, thank God the cops didn't yeah. get shot, but it clearly shows in a real life situation because you know there's people that would be saying you should not have shot that guy because you didn't have the gun pointed at you. And you know everybody would yeah. be screaming that, and look what look what happened. Exactly. And on top of that, one of the officers standing there at, backed up after the shooting was over and said, he shot at me. It, it checked me. I think I might be hit. I don't know. He, he didn't even know that he whether or not he had been hit or not. That's how close the shot came. So it's that's that's a training video right there for the public as well as police. Good point. Um, Ron and uh, Ron and Brett, go ahead, guys. We got four minutes. Yeah, I was going to say that, David, that that was an exceptional, uh, excellent point. Um, and that's a point that the public should 
also uh, be aware of. Um, I thought I thought they hesitated too long, honestly, you know. But then I'm again, I'm not a rookie or a rookie sergeant. But as soon as I saw the gun, uh, you would meet your maker. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you don't understand. You bring a you bring a gun, talking about shoot me, shoot me, shoot me. Okay, boom. Hope your mother has a black dress, and I hope your affairs are in an order. But that was stupidity. But like you said, a, a couple of them were in the pocket. That sergeant was on task. He saw something wasn't right. This guy was ticky boom, and he recognized it. And uh, they took care of business. They all went home. But that's a training video for the public and for every academy um, from henceforth. You know, look what this guy did with this gun, and look how they were. Look at the reactions. Some dove, some stood there, and and you were standing right there, and you thought you were shot. And people don't understand that when you when you tell them. I was in a shooting. How many times did I shoot? I don't know. I believe I shot double tap or triple tap. Well, no, Ron, you shot this many times, you know? And and that's something the public just don't understand. And then, like, there's so many of you. Why did all of you shoot? Well, I don't know if you hit your target. I know I'm going to hit my target. I don't know if you hit your target. You know, you don't do that. It's like everyone does what they have to do. And then, you know, good Lord willing, everything turns out all right like it did that day. No one shot. Everyone went home. Thanks, Major. Captain Bartlett, we're going to, this will be our, our last segment when we get to our next commercial in two and a half minutes. We'll be picking up the second half of the show. So we'll end on this topic. But uh, uh, go ahead, Captain. I think a lot of people don't realize is that your reaction time is always slower than the action. There's always a time deficit that you can never, ever, ever make up. Uh, when that guy is bringing the gun up, you're already behind schedule. He can get that shot off in a fraction of a second their reaction time is always going to, unless they're pointing that gun at his head with their finger on the trigger, he is going to win because he has made his decision and he's carrying it out. And the people that see this have to see it, go through the eyes, go through the brain, process it, and, and getting over the, I can't believe it's happening time gap. So he's always going to win. So next time we do our videos, we, we'll just do some uh, using some of that laser stuff you guys know I have. We'll do some we'll do some time measurement, and we'll duplicate some of the some of the uh, tests that some of these uh, uh, larger groups have done. So, and we'll do it for ourselves, like uh, like for science and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do we'll do a uh, we'll give the computer it'll give us a symbol a signal to go. That's the bad guy goes bringing the gun up. One of us will determine and detect that movement. We'll try to get our gun up, and let's just see who wins. Okay. All right. Yeah, but got. But gosh, Brett, we're we're already old. We're already behind that curve. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll build in some extra time. Well, what if we what if we get Ward drunk, uh-huh. and then oh, that. and that'll even out that'll even out the playing field because that'll slow him down just enough to where I can get ahead of him if he's drawn picking his gun up real fast. Well, <laughs> the problem with that is, Dave, the last time we got him drunk, he went to sleep with twenty bucks. He woke up with forty, and he's still wondering why. So that's not going to work out well. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I was scared you were uh, going to go there. Well, look, uh, no pressure to drag us out, David. I'm going to talk about the, uh, the the donut story real quick. I've got just a, a few minutes here, but there is an update. Uh, look, PoliceOne.com, the top five donut chains according to cops. They interview cops to come up with this. So uh, you've got uh, Winchell's Donuts in, in Temple City, California. You've got uh, Shipley Donuts in Houston, Texas. Tim Hortons, I haven't heard of these places, that's Canada, but Dunkin' Donuts came in number two. Krispy Kreme, where I met my wife on duty, that came in number one. That's all I can say. And remember David? remember the the, the the giant funeral we had in Tampa when the Krispy Kreme on Kennedy burned down. Oh, God, the horror. <laughs>
We'll be right back after this commercial break. Guys, that is the uh, we're wrapping up the first half of the show. So thanks for watching. Some of the radio stations, I think two radio stations only carry the first hour. So if you're listening to one of those stations, please tell them to pick up the second hour. Um, but we appreciate everyone's support.